the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today. The Word of God provides everything we need throughout our earthly existence. There is absolutely nothing that has, is, or will occur in our lives that is not covered by the blood of Jesus. Our sovereign God loves us so much that he created us in his own image and sacrificed his only begotten sinless son to cover all of our sins. When we surrender our all to him, we begin to experience the greatest love of all and become recipients of eternal life. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. Amen. I preach so hard because when I stand before God, I don't want any of your blood on my hands because I didn't preach the truth to you. People say, I get offended. People say, well, I I got offended what you said. I say, good. I mean, you ask yourself, why did I get offended? The issue wasn't me. It was you. You got the problem. I don't. I just said what what God told me to say. Now, you got a problem with what I say? Call up heaven. All up hell. People tell me they're offended. I preach. That turns me on. That turns me on. No, don't ever tell me you offended. Oh, don't tell me. You want to get me going. Woo, I preach myself crazy. You say amen, I might slow down. Oh, my goodness. Silent betrayers. You with a group of friends. You're on your co- you're, you're a co-worker. And they just start eating. You You know you're supposed to bless your food. You can't even bow your head. Oh, you, mm, mm. You just, you just one of the fastest prayer. It was, Jesus, well, couldn't go that fast. I mean, silent betrayers. Tremendous opportunities to share the message of hope and grace and love and salvation. And listen, salvation is not just for black folk. God wants you to witness to some white folk and Hispanic folks. And a- amen. And folk don't know who they are. Young folk, old folk, children, ba- all are in need of Christ. The gospel is for everybody. It transcends culture, transcends race. Everybody needs the Lord. You see, um, how do we portray our Lord? Uh, number five. We betray Christ when we cry out for God's help and mercy, then make promises in the midst of crisis, only to renege on those promises once God delivers us. Have you ever been in a position, maybe you created your mess, or maybe you found yourself in circumstances beyond your control, or perhaps you were on an operating table, or perhaps you had some sickness, and oh God, if you heal me. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to get in a choir. I'm going to come to Bible study. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to serve you. Oh, God, if you move this pain, I'm going to give you the best I got. Oh, 
know if you save my husband or save my child. Oh, God. I mean, and then when God comes through on your back, oh, God, if you clean up my dad, if you deliver me out of there, I, oh, God, I, I'll give you the time. If you just give me this job, I'm going to honor you. I'm going to bless you. And then God comes through on your behalf and you forget the promise you made to God in crisis. You reneged on God and you betrayed him. You see? And God raised you up. You experienced a breakthrough, answered your prayer, and you went on happily ever after without keeping the covenant that you made with God in the midst of the crises. Y'all hanging with me? How do we betray Christ? Number six, we betray Christ when we have so much to be thankful for, and yet we respond with ingratitude and a spirit of complaining. Remember I challenged you last week. How many of y'all were here last Sunday? Raise your hand. A whole bunch of you. And y'all remember that challenge? You didn't forget. I said, all right, from last Sunday uh, to this Sunday, which is... Let's not try to complain. We, want, we made a commitment as a church not to complain one time all week. And you should have heard those prayer testimonials during our prayer meeting Wednesday, how people were tempted to. And uh, how many of y'all were tempted to complain and you caught yourself or you did it and you had to confess and sin? How many of all? Oh, I, I did too. I said, Randall Drape, are you complaining? It is so easy to do. And you know, when God has done so much for you, you got more now than you've ever had. You go places now that you used to dream about going. You, you, you got jobs now that you know the Lord gave you. You make, mo- you make money now even that, that, you know, that, that was unheard of in your childhood or, or, or your parents never could make. And in spite of all that God has done for you, you just bitter and mad and you whine and your belly ache and you complain about this and this not right and that's not right and why that? And you betray God. God is saying, do I have to give you a blessed subtraction to hush your mouth? Since we know that betrayal is imminent in all of our lives, how do we respond to betrayal? How do we respond to it? How did you respond to your your personal betrayal in the past? Number one, or how will you respond to somebody's being betrayed as I speak? Are you about to be betrayed by somebody whom you love in the future? Like number one, like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, we must pray our way through the crisis of betrayal, for it is through prayer, it was through prayer that it was prayer that sustained Jesus through the kangaroo court trials and the agony of the cross. Like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, we must pray our way through the crisis of betrayal, for it was prayer that sustained Jesus through the kangaroo court uh, uh, trials and agony of the cross. Matthew twenty six thirty nine. it says, He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed. He prayed in the garden. He prayed in the midst of the crises. And let me tell you something. You can handle crises and issues that are unprecedented in your life if you are already praying before those issues uh, come into your life. And the reason many fall to pieces 
and they, lo they lose their grip and they get paralyzed because they didn't do like the Savior, pray in the midst. It was prayer that helped Jesus to, to be sustained in the midst of the accusations, the false accusations of, of, of liars that were perpetrated against him. And yet he had no fault in him. And to be able to go to that cross and hang up for our sins on that cross, uh, prayer is what sustained the Savior. And what's going to sustain you in your trials, in your crisis, when all hell breaks loose, when children go AWOL, when husbands and wives uh, are on the brink of marital divorce and all these kinds of things, Prayer can sustain you like nothing else. Number two, instead of holding on, uh, instead, instead of holding a grudge or becoming bitter, Jesus forgave his persecutors. That's what he did. Jesus was not bitter against Judas, but he, but he forgave his persecutors. He was not bitter against the elders or the chief priests. For it says in Luke 23, 34, then Jesus said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. You know what? If you uh, are willing to forgive, then therein is a release that can help you uh, live your life in freedom to the maximum of your potential. The inability uh, to forgive will stifle you. It will regress you. It will take away your joy. The inability to forgive will rob you of your, of your peace. It will rob you of your health. It will bring on heart attacks. It puts you in a self-made prison. And name one good thing an unforgiving spirit can do for you. And I'll give you permission to do it. Not one. And some folk are going to doctor, the doctor, the doctor with all kind of health issues and emotional issues. And the root of a whole lot of issues is that you need to forgive somebody who has hurt you the most. You say, you say, you say, but I'm in too much pain to forgive. I can't forgive right now. I'm in too much pain. Oh, no, don't go there. You say, what you mean don't go there? When Jesus was on that cross... He was, in, he was in indescribable pain that pales in comparison to any pain that we could ever experience in our life. And you know what Jesus did? Listen to this. Are y'all hanging on? Jesus forgave in the midst of pain. As a matter of fact, if you, if you surrender your pain to Jesus and forgive in the midst of pain, there's a wellness and a wholeness that will come upon you that you can't even describe. And Jesus is saying, you got to want to be made whole. And as long as you are holding that, you are self-destructing while you are in a self-made prison. And my question is, why are you beating yourself up when God wants you to be free in light of the time that you have left on earth? You see... So instead of holding a grudge or becoming bitter, Jesus forgave his pers persecutors. Number three, Jesus did not revenge, seek revenge or retaliation. He told Peter to put up his sword when Peter cut off Malchus's ear. You know, even though he was betrayed, he didn't strike back. He did not fight back. They came and arrested Jesus with all kind of clubs and swords and crowd to come and apprehend. I guess they thought they were anticipating a big fight. 
Matthew 26, chapter 26, verses 51 through 53, it says, And suddenly one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and, and drew his sword, struck the servant of the high priest, and cut off his what? Ear. But Jesus said to him, Put your sword in its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot, I cannot now pray to my father and he will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? Jesus could have retaliated. He could have called angels on the scene and destroyed all of his perpetrators and, 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 and been set free, but he didn't. He said, Peter, it's not time to fight. The redemptive work of God is at work. And you know, Malchus, you see grace all in uh, the life of Jesus. Malchus was coming to arrest Jesus uh, with, the others, with, the, with, uh, with the others in the mob. And as, as they were coming to arrest Jesus, Peter drew that sword. And he said, And you know what? He cut his ear, and the ear fell to the ground. But let me tell you something. He wasn't going for that ear. He was going for his head, missed the head, and hit the ear. And Jesus, out of grace, picked up that bloody ear off of the ground in that night. It was night. And Jesus, see, Jesus didn't need a flashlight. He was the light of the world. With those eyes of blazing glory, picked up that ear and touched Malchus's ear back on his head. And it was instantly healed. And Malchus, I wonder what he thought to see an ear on the ground. And then all of a sudden have it back on his head as if it never came off. That's grace to the enemy. Grace to the enemy. Uh, how do you respond to betrayal? Number four, Jesus remained silent in the midst of betrayal. He remained what? In the midst of betrayal. Uh, Matthew 26, 59 through 68. Now the chief priests, the elders, and all the council saw false testimonies against Jesus to put him to death but found none. Even though many false witnesses came forward, they found none. Uh, then look at Matthew 26, 62, 63a. It says, and the high priest arose and said to him, do you answer nothing? What is it? These men testify against you. But Jesus kept silent. You know what? When you're dealing with the enemy, don't talk too much. Don't talk too much. Trust God and pray, but don't do a whole lot of talking because you can talk yourself into trouble. Jesus, there were times when Jesus was going through this crisis, he didn't say a mumbling word because he saw the big picture and realized that God was working salvation's wondrous plan. And listen, when the devil's at work, shut up and do more praying and trust God and realize God can do like only he can do. Number five, how do you respond to betrayal? Uh, Jesus refused to allow betrayal to disrupt God's divine plan for his life. He remained focused and kept his eyes on the Father. You know, when you get betrayed uh, and hurt, uh, don't let it stop you from doing what God had called you to do. Jesus didn't stop. I'm not going to the cross. I'm going to stay right here in Gethsemane. Matter of fact, I'm going back to Nazareth somewhere. No. Even in the midst of betrayal, he carried on and finished the work that God had assigned him to do. 
The Lord never told us it would be easy living in this world. If it were not e easy for Jesus, it's not going to be easy for us. Coming to Christ is not living a flowery beds of ease. There are challenges and difficulties, and, and you are hated, and you're going to be persecuted and spoken against. But realize you got to stay with the plan and don't abandon your responsibilities simply because the heat is on. Number six, like Jesus, like Jesus, we must be willing to put ourselves at risk of being burned or betrayed. If we're going to be effective in ministry and advance the kingdom's agenda, it's the way of the cross. You say, well, I'm not going to do anything because every time I try to help somebody, I get hurt. Or I get burned. Uh, I put myself in a position of, of being pained. But don't let that stop you. You can't minister to people and not get hurt. I'm going to tell you something else. You can't minister to your own family and not get hurt. I mean, that, your, uh, wives have hurt husbands. Her, husbands have hurt wives. And children have hurt parents. And parents have hurt, hurt children. I mean, hurt is a part of the human experience. And, 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 and you know when it really hurts? It's when you've done so much for the person you hurt. You've invested so much for the person who've, who've hurt you. And you've given so much of yourselves, your finances, your time, your talents, your sacrifice, only to have them do what they did to you. You know what gives you peace and tranquility and contentment? is to look to Jesus. And if you listen to him, he say, my child, I understand because they did it to me. I know right where you are. Matter of fact, that's why I came to earth. So you wouldn't say, God, you don't understand. God understands because he sent his son and his son went through far worse than we could ever go through. So be willing to put yourselves at risk. Oh, I've served many people, invested in many people, but I've been hurt. I've been pained. I've had some things. I got some testimonies of some things that have happened to me in my uh, 25 years of pastoring right here in the San Antonio vicinity. You can't pastor people and bless their babies and uh, be there when they're sick, counsel them, marry their sons and daughters, or even themselves, uh, people themselves, uh, uh, bless their babies and, and uh, bury their dead. And then those same folk, when they get upset, will forget every good deed that you have done, and they will hurt you. But you got to keep your eyes on Jesus and realize God has it in control, and he did not promise me that everybody was going to respond the way I think they should, and neither will it happen to you that way. Why don't you say amen? amen. Oh, help us, Holy Ghost. Number seven, like Jesus, we must be willing to feed our enemies which is a gracious act of hospitality. We must be willing to feed. You know, when you say feed your enemy, that's throwing kindness to the person that's hurt you. Jesus ministered to Judas. He was a blessing to Judas, and yet Judas hurt him so much. It was prophesied what Judas would do. Psalms 41.9 says, Even my own familiar friends, friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread. Wow. You ever had your children eat your bread and hurt you? Who ate my bread has lifted up his heel against me. Matthew 26, 23 says, he answered and said, he who dipped his hand with me in the dish will betray me. And wow, but Jesus ministered to the very one 
who betrayed him and did not hold what that heinous act against him. Number eight, for three years, Judas was with the disciples. Three years, say three years. Yet the disciples failed to realize that Judah was a traitor, which meant that Jesus treated Judas the same as the other disciples, even though he knew that Judas would betray him. He didn't throw anything in Judas's face, but treated him with respect, which demonstrates unconditional love. God treated Judas the same as all the other disciples to the point that the disciples never knew who the betrayer was, who, who, who the betrayer was, even though Jesus himself knew. You say, but I, I, well, I can't do that. Jesus is God. Yeah, Jesus is God, but realize Jesus is in you because you've received God. Amen? The God in you can help you do that. And then we see Jesus also uh, ministering to the enemy in the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verses 2 through 5. It says, and supper being ended, uh, the devil, having already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand, and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garment, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Not only did, did Jesus feed Judas, you know what he did? He took a towel and washed that devil's feet. Now that's deep, y'all. Wash the dirty Palestinian dirt. Not only to those uh, of those who were faithful to him, but even the very one who betrayed him, he washed his feet. Can you wash your enemy's feet? After they have hurt you, look how quiet it's getting. After you've been hurt and done all you can do, can you still love them unconditionally and do the very thing you, you never said you could do? That's how people see Christ. Anybody can act ugly for ugly and be mean for mean and sarcastic for sarcastic. And somebody, anybody can slap and hit back. But can you love a person with kindness to the point that they see so much Jesus that your love for them end up transforming them because they saw something that had never been done in their lives before? Now, that's absolutely incredible. And God, God says, I did it, and it's an example for us to take note of and to implement. Matthew 26, 20 through 25, it says, When evening had come, he sat down with the twelve. Now as they were eating, he said, Surely I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were exceedingly sorrowful, and each of them began to say to him, Lord, is it I? He answered and said, He who dipped his hand with me in the dish will betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes, just as it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, who was betraying him, answered and said, Rabbi, is it I? Jesus said to him, you've said it. You've said it. I mean, Jesus fed him and gave him supper, even though he was a devil. Matthew 5.44 says, but I say to you in Matthew 5.44, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, 
Do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That's the scripture and it's in your Bible if you haven't torn it out. By the way, bring your Bible to church. Amen. A lot of folks don't bring their Bible. They don't want conviction. Uh, but, but, but it says, love your enemies. Say, love, love. My, enemies. my enemies. Bless those, Bless those who, curse who curse me. Do good to those, good to those. Who, hate who hate me. And pray for those, pray for those. who spitefully use me. And persecute me. All that happened to Jesus by way of Judas. And yet Jesus only loved Judas back in return. In closing, we can learn from the life of Judas. It is possible to be near the kingdom but not in the kingdom. For three years Judas was around Christ but never accepted Christ. Rather, he betrayed Christ. What a sad commentary. I plead with you today, do not be like Judas and die a betrayer. Do not be so close to the kingdom and not allow Christ's message to penetrate your heart. It was an incredible act of grace, of the grace of God that would allow Judas to do such a treacherous act, heinous act against the Savior. Even though Jesus had the power to stop Judas, he suffered it to be in order to provide salvation for lost humanity. Jesus could have stopped Judas. Jesus could have disintegrated Judas. But Jesus suffered it to be and allowed Judas to do what he did because God saw the big picture of dying on the cross to secure salvation not only for saints past, present, but us future. He was not dying just for those around, but he was dying for us here in the 21st century. Praise God. And all God's children said. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. Join us on Resurrection Sunday, April 17th at Maranatha Bible Church for our 8 a.m. worship service, children's program at 9.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. worship service as we celebrate our risen Savior. For more information, please visit us at maranathasa.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.